Good morning, church family. Welcome home. Would you stand with us as we prepare to worship this morning? We believe that our God is a solid rock to stand on this morning. Amen. See why hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest way, but holy trust on Jesus' name. Across the solid rock I stand, all other ground is seeking sand. I'm so, so grateful for that truth that when the world is not worth trusting, even when our own feelings aren't worth trusting, we have a God who is worth trusting. I was listening to a song earlier this week that talked about that very truth as well with this, and I'm just so grateful for that. 
Look, if, uh, first of all, good morning. Welcome to our church. Welcome to First Baptist Pineville. And that is why we're here to celebrate Christ and to praise him for the work that he has done for us. And so if this is your first time here, um, we're excited that you are here. Or if, if this is your second or third time, but, but have not filled out a connection card, we would love for you to do that. Um, it's in, inside your worship guide. And it's right at the bottom, this little blue card. And it's so important. It gives us a little information about you. Um, and it also allows you to write a prayer request down, a question down. And um, every Tuesday we get together for staff meeting. And as a staff, we get together. We uh, list out all of those uh, prayer requests and we pray over them. And we pray over the sender of those prayer requests. So um, we would love for you to fill that out. And like I said, if this is your first time, um, fill it out, tear it out. And at the end of the service, um, during announcements, they'll announce a time for you to send it to the middle of the aisle so that it gets to us. Um, also, those who are, are online, we're excited that you're uh, worshiping with us as well at your home. Um, look, this is a great place to be, and I'm so excited and so grateful to be a part of it. And so if you would just bow with me, and we thank the Lord together. Father, Lord, thank you for the truth of Christ. Thank you for the fact that he is a solid rock, an unchanging rock, Lord, that even when our hearts fail us, when our feelings fail us, Lord, your grace is unmovable, unchangeable, Lord. You are the only thing that is fully reliable, and Lord, we are grateful for you today, and we're grateful for how you show us your faithfulness and your unchanging uh, nature, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you are lifted high in our praises this morning, Father, that that is ringing in our hearts, Lord, as we sing these words, as we worship you with our mouths, Lord, that our hearts are behind that, Lord, surrendering to you, knowing that you are worth praising, Lord. Be glorified in this church body today. And may you be with us, Father. May you speak uh, through Brother uh, uh, Lewis as he comes up and, and preaches your word. And we just pray that you, again, would be glorified and move in our hearts. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. There's a reason why the curse of sin is broken. There's a reason why the darkness must arise. There's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. Amen. There's a reason why.
Every day. He calls me to be his disciple. He has called me to follow him. A disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. To live by his word. To live out his word. To be so grounded in his word. That I am not shaken. When troubles arrive or challenges come. I am instructed to pass on his word. To the next generation. To those yet need to hear. He challenges me to pray continuously without ceasing to develop an intimate relationship with him. One that is marked by continual prayer. I must be generous with all that I have. And in everything I do. Understanding this life is not about me, but about him. So many yet need to know his love, his power, his forgiveness, his saving grace. I must be about sharing life and sharing faith at every given opportunity. I must seek to not only be a disciple, but to make disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit, to live a life of faith, unwavering faith, every, every day, in every way. Would you stand and sing with us, bless the Lord, all that is within us, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The
Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the solid rock that you have given us, the solid rock of your word, your grace, your mercy, your faith, the solid rock of this family of God that we belong to. Bless us now as we go through this service. Bless churches everywhere as your word is spoken, that people may listen and believe that you and you alone are God. Bless us as we go through this time of offering, and may our love for Jesus Christ be reflected in our gifts. In Christ's name, amen.
Good morning. Let's give them another hand clap of thanks. Thank you so much for that special music and choir. Thank you for leading us. My name is Brandon Lewis. I have the distinct privilege of serving as your youth ministry strategist with Louisiana Baptist. I've been there since February. I'm about 20,000 miles into the job. So. Uh, thankful, thankful, very thankful to be in this role. Uh, just to let you know a little bit about me so we can get to know each other and be friends, I've been involved in student ministry um, since about 1996 or 7, somewhere along in there. I've been an intern, I've been a part-time, I've been a bivocational, I've been full-time, thankfully, uh, to the Lord, and He's allowed me to be a part of some really, really incredible things. And um, I'm overjoyed to be in the role that I'm in now, not because I'm an expert, not because uh, I know everything, not because I am even the head youth guy in the state. That's not really true. I just get the opportunity to partner with youth ministers all across the state uh, to help resource them and help them do student ministry. But even more than that, I get to partner with all of our churches uh, in Louisiana that don't have youth ministers and don't have uh, folks that are thinking about student ministry full time, right? There's a lot of churches uh, in our state who are, uh, who the, the folks doing the student ministry, the youth ministry, are volunteers um, and they're giving their time and we're thankful for them. And if you're a youth volunteer in here, uh, thank you for, uh, for serving. I believe that you have been given this royal role for such a time as this. Is this generation confusing, and are they sometimes frustrating? Certainly. But I believe that God has given you, whether you're serving in youth ministry or not, I believe God has given you the gifts and talents that you have for exactly the time that we're in and to, uh, to be an influence over this generation. So thank you very much. In fact, we have just finished about three and a half weeks of, uh, of youth camp where we got to see uh, about 90 salvations through there and lots of other uh, decisions and things like that. And I'm thankful for my coworker and friend, uh, David. God has been doing some great things uh, through children's camp as well and for uh, the, the Tall Timbers staff that's here. I'm going to tell you, church, I just want you to be aware, the Lord's up to something at Tall Timbers this summer. And they've got one more week of camp. So I want to encourage you to pray for them this week that uh, God would continue to use uh, that campus, that campground, and the things that go on there to, uh, to continue to, uh, to do incredible things, and we'll just rejoice in, uh, in those. Well, uh, can I be honest with you this morning? When, uh, when Brother Stewart contacted me about uh, filling this pulpit this morning, I had a couple of thoughts. My first thought was this, bless his heart, he has reached out to everybody he knows. <laughs> And they've all said no, so he's calling me to, to fit. Here was my second thought. Does he know I'm in youth ministry? I've got to go buy a coat and tie. 
Uh, I didn't, you know, I just was doing the best I could. But no, I'm honored, and, uh, and I don't know if I was number one on his list or number whatever in one, uh, but I'm thankful to be with you this morning, grateful to have this opportunity, and uh, pray that the Lord would speak to our hearts together uh, as we explore a little bit of Joshua chapter 1 together today. Uh, As you're turning there, if you like, I'll give you some more introduction. My wife Lacey and I have been married since the year 2000 and uh, have enjoyed all kinds of different things as God has allowed us to be in many different places in Texas and Mississippi and back to Louisiana. We've got three kids, Karen, Gabriel, and Ryan. Two of them are teenagers, so pray for us. And Ryan um, is, uh, is close on their heels. And uh, so we, uh, we have a great time. And I, I, I always try to say this, um, and I promise you, I promise you, it is not uh, in the vein of bragging or anything like that, but just in thankfulness to the Lord that he would choose me to, to be the parent of these kids. But so many things that I've prayed for for 20-some-odd years in student ministry that, uh, that students would grab a hold of. And again, we've been able to see God do some great things, but so many of those things uh, God has planted in my home. And uh, in my two older kids and Ryan along the way, Karen and Gabriel have, uh, they do their quiet times in Bible studies on their own. I don't have to prod them to do that. Oftentimes when you kind of open the door to their rooms and poke your head in, it's not just the Bible. They've got resource books and they're writing notes and doing things, but not even just that. And students, I want you to hear this. Um, I, I am bragging on my kids, but I want you teenagers to hear, hear this as well. They also come back and talk with us about what the Lord's doing in their lives. So teenagers, talk with, talk with your folks about what God is teaching you. Ask them questions and understand they're not going to be able to answer everything. Um, but, uh, but they want to know what God's doing in your life. Now let me flip the, the coin a little bit. Parents, talk with your kids about what God's doing in your life, about what you're learning, about what you're studying in Sunday school and Bible study. And uh, uh, be a part of that, handing that down to the next generation um, because they're, they're pre- prepped and ready to step into leadership in so many roles um, today. So let me encourage you in that. Can we pray together? And we're going to jump into Joshua chapter 1, the first, um, the first nine verses there, and uh, talking a little bit about transition together. So let's pray and uh, ask God to, uh, to continue to speak to us this morning and for me to get out of the way and, uh, and allow him all the room. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this precious church, Lord, and the legacy of serving you uh, that exists here. And Father, I pray you continue to be with them as they strive to follow your leadership and your guidance to reach folks for Christ, uh, that they would be emboldened and empowered to share the gospel, Lord, that, uh, that we would uh, many, many years from now be able to look back and say, look, look at what, uh, what God did through this church, through First Baptist Pineville, and how how blessed we are to have been a part. Father, for this time now, thank you for the incredible worship uh, that has focused our attention on you, and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us through your word. Uh, Challenge us. Help us to think carefully and critically um, about our own lives and about how we respond uh, in times of transition. Lord, I pray that today you would call us to a decision as we encounter your word. Maybe some today there's repentance and a renewed commitment to you. Maybe there's somebody in this room this morning that will surrender their lives to you um, in salvation um, and and be in that moment uh, today. Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory for everything uh, that's said and done and that you do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, transition is difficult, right? Transition is 
I don't know why we complain about it so often. You know, I, I guess stereotypically, Baptists get a little bit of a bad rap. Um, we're kind of seen as the denomination that, by golly, we don't. This is always how we've done things. We don't want to change, and and maybe that's true to some degree. But sometimes I wonder why we're that way because our lives are always in transition. Every year we have a birthday, and things. Uh, different happen. You know, I never believed it. I never believed it until it happened to me. But there's something about that number 40 that changes the game. I felt healthy and good and everything until the day I hit 40 and I started to fall apart. And I started to, to have my, uh, my annual checkups with my doctor and they wanted to give me pills and things. And, uh, you know, I just, what, what's going on? This has never happened in my life. You know, transition uh, can be difficult, but it's always something that we face. In fact, it's sort of like the weather, right? What do we say about the weather in Louisiana? If you don't like it, wait a little while. It'll just get hotter, right? No. Uh, but transition, you know, if your life's not in a period of transition now, it probably will be very soon. And uh, today, you know, my mind is still sort of geared and calendared the way a youth minister is. And so uh, I'm going to hurt the feelings of the, of the kids and the youth in the, in the crowd today and just remind you that school is coming. And that is indeed a time of transition. Now, the students in here, you're going, God, why did he have to say that? I don't, I don't like him anymore. He's, we, we can't be friends, right? But students, your parents are saying this. Yes, thank you that school is starting back. The grocery bill is going to go down. Thank you. You know, we're always in a time of transition. I, I, I think this is probably fresh in my mind as my family has, has recently transitioned. And, you know, part of, part of that transition, not only did we move to the central Louisiana area, but part of that transition was my kids now go to church and dad's not on staff. And that's different for them. You know, I've transitioned from serving a local church to now serving all of them. And that's different. Um, and, uh, and, and those kinds of things. And we experienced, you know, in, in my family, we experienced the entire gamut of emotions as, as God led us uh, to this transition. And, and here's, here's the honesty. Um, all five of us, at some point in time, we experienced a little bit of anxiety. Well, we didn't know what the days were going to be like. I, I didn't know. I've had opportunity to, uh, to serve on some committees or planning groups or things with the, the, the youth department at LBC, but, but I didn't really know what this role would look like. We didn't really know what, where we would live or things like that. And, and, and I think for the first time in my life, certainly as, as a student minister, I've heard from the mouths in my house, I can't wait for school to start. And I thought, well, that's different. But my kids quickly told me, it's, Dad, it's, we, we want some friends. We're looking for people that we know, right? Um, and so we've been in this time of transition. And sometimes, sometimes that's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes it's a little bit scary. Sometimes the unknown and the what will this be like and what will the days hold uh, can shake us up a little bit. Well, today in Joshua 9, we find a similar, uh, a similar kind of account. The Israelites are camped out. On the, did I say Joshua 9? Joshua 1, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Israelites are camped out uh, by the Jordan River. The promised land is in view. They can see it, right? But here's the major transition. Moses has passed away. The great leader has died. And they're, they're, they're in a time of mourning. They're in their time. Matter of fact, they're, they're in the latter stages of that, but they're still mourning. And you can just guess that probably many of them are wondering what the coming days would hold. What's going to happen now that Moses isn't there to tell us 
what to do or how we need to respond. Surely, in, in this time, there's worry and fear and stress and anxiety. This is definitely, definitely a time of transition. Here's, here's the backstory, right? For 39 years, the Israelites had the opportunity to enter the promised land, but their lack of, uh, their lack of trust in God and their disobedience brought about discipline in their lives. They wandered in the desert, in the wilderness, uh, until the disobedient generation had all passed away. And during those days, I think, Bible's clear that, that they returned to God and began to teach the younger generations to be obedient. They began to realize their mistake and, and where they had gone wrong. And they, the Bible teaches us that they had begun to, to speak into the lives of that younger generation and remind them that, that faith and obedience to, to the Lord, to Yahweh, as they would have said, brings victory, while unbelief and disobedience brings tragedy. Well, let's look at these verses, Joshua 1, and we'll read 1, one through 9 together as we explore a little bit here. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross the Jordan to the land I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous for, for you will uh, distribute the land I swore to the fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be very strong and courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you will carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love, I love this passage, right? It's, it's certainly a time of transition for the, for the Israelite people and also for Joshua um, as he is now um, installed as the leader over these folks. But there's so much encouragement here that we can find, especially during those transitions in our life that are, that are somewhat difficult, and we can lean on these things. And I want to share um, a few of those things with us today. Uh, and as we, as we think about uh, for some, the transition into school. For others, maybe you're uh, still in that mode of transition where you're experiencing all the firsts in life after the death of a, of a loved one. Or maybe you're like me and you're still in a, in a new job and you're trying to learn those things or whatever the transition may be for you. We turn the pages uh, in these parts in our lives and there may be moments where we feel like the Israelites. There may be moments where we're asking, what do the days hold? What will these days be like? Well, I think we can learn from, from Joshua three things specifically. Uh, look at verse 6 again with me. Uh, it says, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for the task will not be easy. 
the, the Lord has given us many tasks, right? For the believers in the room, we have the task of making sure that we're sharing this gospel message that God has given us. Is that always easy? Certainly not. Certainly not. Sometimes that's a difficult thing. We're working with other people and we're trying to find opportunities to share the gospel with them. But, but even in any transition in your life, it, it's not always going to be easy. Even though he had been Moses' apprentice, Joshua is now charged with leading the Israelites. Now, if you've been an intern or if you've been an apprentice in the room, just think back to that moment where you were handed the keys or the responsibility for that task now, and that, that, uh, that leader, that teacher told you, okay, now you're not going to watch me do it, and, and we're not going to do it together. You are now responsible for the task at hand. You see, but Joshua is not just leading them. He's leading them into the promised land, something they've looked for and known for a long time. I've had the, I suppose you call it an honor, uh, a couple of times to serve behind long-tenured uh, youth pastors. And I can tell you, that's not always easy. And here's Joshua, uh, now installed as the leader, following Moses, of all people. Uh, you can certainly understand his uh, intimidation, maybe, as he steps into this role and, um, and uh, filling, these, these, uh, filling the shoes of Moses as he uh, leads them, uh, leads the people. And not only that, but we also known, we also know that the Israelites are what they're, they're prone to whining, aren't they? Well, don't laugh. So are we. Can't you hear the the mumbles of the people? Well, Moses wouldn't have done it that way. That's not how we used to do it. And, and it's difficult at times to lead through those things. And that's definitely a time of transition, both on the, on the part of the new leader, but also the part of, of those who have a new leader. And we're trying to learn how to, how to operate and function in those things. Maybe it's a new teacher that you're going to run into and your, your personalities are going to collide. I had one of those in the fourth grade. My mom's here and she'll tell you all about it. Thankfully, the Lord did some cool things there, and that teacher and I were pretty good friends at the end of that time. But notice that the, the interesting thing to me is that God didn't remove these obstacles from Joshua's life. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to take you, you're, you're going to be the leader, but I'm going I'm to take all the hard heads out of the way. I'm going to take all the hard decisions out of the way and get them um, uh, out of the way so that you don't have to worry about those anymore. At camp this summer, I met uh, a young man who God was doing some incredible things um, in his life. And um, he shared with me a bit of his personal story. He shared with me his salvation story. And toward the end of the week, um, he was sensing very clearly that God was calling him to ministry. So I had the opportunity to, to talk a bit with him. And our camp pastor had the opportunity. Certainly his youth pastor talked with him. Uh, but just the other day, this past week, I ran into this young man again, and I, I got to ask him and say, hey, how, how are things different? How are you, uh, how are you setting, setting yourself up and getting prepared because you're going back to school and you're a senior, so people are going to be paying attention uh, to your walk, and they're going to want to know how you're responding and what's going on uh, in your life now. And this is what he said to me. It was a very mature answer, I think. He said, you know... I'm going to have to do a lot of explaining because my life is very much different uh, than it was last year. He said, but here's what I'm committed to do. I'm committed to tell them about the Jesus that saved me and brought me out of these circumstances and out of these things. 
Um, and I'm committed to, to being friends with them. He said, I, I, I fully understand that I may not be able to hang out with them and do the things that they do on the weekends anymore, uh, but I can still befriend them, and I can still show them this Jesus that, uh, that has changed my life. And, you know, that's, that's exactly what's going on in, this, in, in Joshua's life right here. Uh, the, the Lord installs Joshua into this leadership role, but he doesn't say, I'm going to make everything just smooth and easy. Joshua's going to have some potholes if you will. There's going to be things that he has to deal with. Well, we've been given a task as well, haven't we? Matthew 28, 19 and 20, you know it. The Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Did you know that that is not an option? That's a command that's given to each believer, certainly not just to church staff, but each believer. You're given the command, not the option, to go and to tell. The good news is this, that going and telling uh, really means as you go, as you do your everyday life, go and tell. I know when, when sometimes we hear those verses, we think, oh my goodness, Lord, please don't call me to some other place or to do whatever, whatever. Well, that's the good news, right? You, you can go about your daily routine and still be obedient to this command. In fact, we need you to do that. We need you to, to, to share the love of Jesus with, the, with the, the, the guy or the girl that checks you out at the grocery store. We need you as you pick up your car from the mechanic shop to speak a word of truth and encouragement uh, to the folks that take care. We need you as you're in your office building to be a light for Christ all around you. You've been given, maybe not the, the level of leadership that Joshua has, but you, you, you've been given this opportunity to lead. Be strong and courageous. It's not always going to be easy. You know, we live in a world that's increasingly resistant uh, to the gospel. Uh, but it's also increasingly open. I've done a little research lately just uh, to prepare for several uh, things that, that God has given me opportunity to speak about. And we know that, that, uh, that the world we're in um, is actively looking for ways to push Christians into the margin. You know, saying things like, you know, our message has no place at the table and uh, are archaic and our beliefs don't really mean much uh, these days or things like this. But I ran across some research that I thought was interesting. This research said, and, 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 and there's some other research as well in this area, but um, 80% of people that responded to, to this research question, 80% said that they would attend church if they were invited. Isn't it interesting? I mean, we can quickly identify ways that our culture is, is a bit hostile toward uh, our stance and our, our beliefs and our doctrine. But isn't it interesting that they're still saying, 80% are still saying that if somebody would invite me, I'd, I would come to church. I would come and see why they think it's so important. See, be strong and courageous. It's not always going to be easy, but it's certainly, it's certainly worth it. And certainly uh, worth uh, asking. Our task is to be strong in our conviction of who Jesus is and what he's done. And to courageously share that message with others. Well, how do we do that? 
1 Timothy 4.12 gives a great example, and, and we know that verse, especially if you've been involved in youth ministry. It's like the youth ministry verse of all time. But uh, Paul tells Timothy, uh, he gives a great outline. He says, hey, here's, here's a way that you can be courageous in this, uh, in, in this walk. Pay attention to your speech. Pay attention to your conduct. Pay attention to how you love other people, your faith and your purity. Be, be aware of these things. In other words, how we act on a daily basis is a great reflection of, of our courage and our faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about that? In, in fact, I, I tell teenagers this all the time, and, and it's not even in my notes, so this will just be a freebie. This is what I truly believe about the lost world out there. The lost world knows we're here today. Did you know that? They're no, they know we're here. They know you come to church. They know if you're really, really committed, you're going to be back on Wednesday and maybe even eat supper, right? Here's what I believe the lost world wants to know about our lives. On all the other days that aren't church days, I think the lost world wants to know, does Jesus make a difference in your everyday life? Just let that sink in for a moment. Yes, there's going to be comments and things that come back, but I think the lost world is really curious. Does this Jesus person, does this idea of Christianity and things, does it, does it make a difference in your everyday life? Be strong and courageous. George, George Whitfield said this a long time ago, but I think it is very applicable today. He says, if you're going to walk with Jesus Christ, you are going to be opposed. In our day, to be a true Christian is really to become a scandal. Isn't that fun? Have you ever wanted to be a part of a scandal? Now, I mean, we're in church, so we can't really answer that out loud, right? But it, it, when you were a teenager, didn't you want to be a part of something that was interesting? Like, that's why we watched the Cops and Robbers movies on TV and the documentaries about the, all the old gangsters and things like that. You know, we want to be a part of something interesting. We want to be a part of something that somebody else really wants to know about. And George Whitfield hits it on the head. To be, a part of, uh, to be a part of Christianity is really to be a part of a scandal, not in a bad kind of way, but something that people should be interested in. Be strong and courageous. Here's number next. Go to verse 7 with me. You'll hear very common language, but, but look with me again. He says, Above all, be very strong and courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my, ser my servant Moses commanded you. So the second thing I would tell you is this. Obey God's law. Obey God's law. I love high school football. And I have so much appreciated the opportunity to be on sidelines as, um, in different roles and, and, and things like that during the games. And I thought about this as I was preparing this message. Um, who designs the plays and sets the game plan for the team on Friday night? Well, it's the coach right? Well, what's the expectation for the players? Well, the expectation is that they will run the play and do the things that the coach or coaches tell them to do. So maybe you'll agree with this. In theory, then, if the players follow the coach's instructions, they'll be successful, right? Now, we know that's not 100% true because it doesn't always work. There's another team that has a game plan and coaches, and they're trying to do the same thing. But, but follow with me just for a moment. God says to us, uh, be bold in your commitment to me, not for our own glorification, but out of trust and obedience. So watch this. What is our job as Christians? Is to follow and obey the instructions that our God gives us. And what are the instructions? To be bold and courageous. Today they are. To be bold and courageous with this witness and testimony that the Lord has given you. To be bold and courageous in obedience to the Lord. 
Daniel is an incredible example of this Daniel in the Bible. Daniel chapter 6. I love the story uh, of Daniel just, just before he gets tossed into the lion's den. And, and, and you know that story. You're familiar with that. The Belshazzar is, is, uh, is kind of duped into making a decision. And, and uh, some other folks have identified Daniel. They're trying to you know, kind of get him in trouble. So they come and tell the king and whatever, whatever. And part of the decision that Belshazzar says is that people that don't bow down and worship me, I'm going to toss them into the lion's den. Well, Think about this just for a moment. Maybe, maybe you're way smarter than I am, and I certainly expect that you probably are. Uh, but this didn't dawn on me for a while. Think about this for a moment. When Daniel heard what was going on, he heard about the edict from the king. What was his response? The Bible says what? He went right up to his room and continued doing what he had done every day, throwing the shutters open and praying to Yahweh. Well, consider this. Did Daniel know what the king had said and done? Did he know the new law that the king had laid forth? Yes, he did. Did he know the consequences of the decision that he was going to make? Yes, he did. But he was obedient. He was bold and courageous, and he continued to be obedient to the Lord. He simply chose to honor God no matter what the the outcome, no matter the consequences. So just to review the first two, be bold and courageous. The task isn't always going to be easy, but also obey God's law. And here's number three, continually read and understand God's word. Look with me at verse eight once more. It says this, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you will carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. If we fail to stay connected to God through his word, we'll find ourselves living in confusion. If we fail to stay connected to God's word, we'll find ourselves living in confusion. I came across a video one time, and, uh, and, and it's easy to, to find these on, on YouTube. It's not, uh, it's not hard to locate, but there's a, there's a video of um, a little uh, test that some folks did. And it's in a different country, so the language is different, but it's so easy to, to pick up what's going on. There's three test subjects, is what they call them, uh, in the video. And all of these uh, test subjects, these people, are standing at a fence looking at a flock of sheep. And in whatever language they're speaking, they're calling out to the sheep. Hey, sheep, look over here. Hey, sheep, come to me. Hey, sheep, here I am. Whatever it is that they're saying, I don't know, but they're calling out to the sheep. And wouldn't you know that all three of those test subjects, all three get up and do that multiple times, and not one of those sheep pay attention. But when the shepherd steps up and he calls those sheep, it's so fun. You see the sheep, uh, their attention is alerted. They hear the, the, the voice of the shepherd. They start to find where he is, and then they come immediately to him. Continually read and understand God's Word. Why? Because we need to know the voice of our shepherd. We're sheep, right? We need to know the voice of our shepherd. And why do we need to know the voice of our shepherd? Well, I think there's two things. If we don't know the voice of our shepherd, then one, there's one of two options, in my opinion. Number one, we're going to come to him if we recognize his voice. If we don't, we very well may follow the wrong person. If, if we don't, the second option would be this. We very well may do nothing and stand there and be confused. The church, I think this points to, and I think Joshua, in, in verse 8, be, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. I think this points to the, 
the vital importance of our personal relationship with Jesus. Listen, as much as I love the opportunity to preach and as much as I value Sunday school and small groups, neither of those trumps the importance of your personal relationship with the Lord. And can I tell you this morning, that's not not something that there's a whole lot of conversation about, but let me just encourage you, you need to find a time, whatever time of the day works the best for you when you're awake and alert and can read, get into God's Word and continually read it and understand it. Learn the voice of the shepherd. Well, Joshua, no doubt, had a great deal of responsibility uh, that's placed on his shoulders now, and he surely spent a whole lot of days multitasking. And you may experience that as well. If we're going to lead well, if, and if he were going to lead well, he had to keep God's Word, the instruction book, in front of him. Maybe your life is in a time of transition. Can I just encourage you? Point back. Dive into. Begin to consume God's Word as you seek His clarity through that time of transition. Verse 8, you know, says um, you're to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. I think about that sometimes, and sometimes uh, little uh, video snippets get created in my mind as I read Scripture, and what pops into my mind when I read that is Joshua sort of walking around mumbling, you know, as he's reciting Bible verses or praying or doing these things. And there's, there's a high chance that he may have looked pretty silly as he was trying to, to keep God's Word in front of him and, and to make sure that he was being obedient to God as he was trying to lead and do the things that, that he was doing. Listen, I, I want to encourage you in this. Stay in God's Word and keep God's Word on your lips. When we choose to be bold in our faith, we're going to look odd to the world. The choices and decisions that we make are going to make the world, they're going to make culture ask why we choose to do those things. And it gives us a great opportunity to put our boldness and our courage on display just to explain to them, I choose these things to honor my God and my King. I choose these things to be obedient to my Lord and Savior. Those came up a lot of times in, uh, in our house as our kids were younger. We may, uh, please hear my heart. I'm certainly not setting uh, Lacey and myself up as the poster parents by any means. Um, but, uh, but God kind of impressed some things on our, on our hearts, and we put some things that were different, at least different than the people, the friends that we had that were in the same life stage. And, you know, we, um, we don't watch rated R movies. We really haven't for a long time. Um, and some people wonder about that, like, well, hey, let's go watch a movie. Well, no, nah, we'll... we'll you know, wait till the next Disney movie's out, and then we'll join you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, but also, we, didn't, um, we, we chose not to give our kids cell phones. Uh, Karen's 15 and just got one, um, you know, for things that she's involved in. And, 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 and we don't, you know, pass judgment on other people that choose to do that by any means. But it was a decision that we made, but it was also a decision that was unpopular. You know, they, our kids kind of got questioned. How come you don't have a phone? How come y'all don't do this or that? And we chose differently, um, and we knew we looked different than the folks around us. But it gave us an opportunity to explain why we had made those choices and decisions. God gives us, each of us, a great deal of responsibility. And we need to be bold and courageous 
in those. We need to be bold as we follow, um, yes, absolutely what God has commanded us in Scripture, but even those things that, that He impresses on us as we seek to follow Him as best we can in our lives. Be bold and courageous. Obey God's law and keep His Word in front of you. As I was reading commentary and things on, uh, on this book and specifically on this particular passage, I ran across something that, uh, that Matthew Henry suggested that I thought was really interesting, uh, especially for, for those of you facing transition. You know there's things coming, or maybe you're right in the middle of it. Matthew Henry suggests that, that in, in these first, oh, three chapters of, uh, of Joshua, he suggests that the Jordan River may have been swollen at flood stage um, at this point in time. He said maybe it was even overflowing. You know, chapter 3, verse 16 kind of alludes to that, that the Jordan River was quite high. And so uh, I, I continued to read, and, and there was something that was really interesting that, that caught my attention. I think the Israelites could see the promised land. I think it was within view. But they could also see that swollen river. And maybe that caused a little fear, a little anxiety because here's the truth they didn't have any boats they didn't have any bridges and probably didn't have any obvious way to get across that river a time of transition sometimes we don't know what the day holds Joshua's task then Joshua's task was to lead them to look past watch this not ignore or pretend that the river wasn't there but to look past, toward what God had promised them, toward what God had in store for them, toward what God had already given them. Listen, we aren't able to predict what will happen. This for students, you're not able to predict friendships and classes and things like that. Adults, we're not able to predict all the things that are going to happen in our lives. Certainly, there will be transition that happens as we go along. Um, no doubt there'll be happy times and celebrations. No doubt there'll be heartache and disappointment and hard times. My question for you today as I, as I close this time is this. Will we be frozen in fear over these things? Or will we teach ourselves to look past them, not ignoring them, not pretending they don't exist, but looking past those issues and fix our gaze on what God has in store for us. Facing difficult days. Facing difficult days that come while focused on Jesus. Joshua gives us the example. And over and over in this scripture that I love, it says, be strong and courageous. Maybe you're in that season in your life right now where there's just more questions than answers. Maybe you're in a time of transition that doesn't seem to be all that serious, but nevertheless, it causes you to have a little anxiety and a little, a little tension about what's coming up and what's going on. Joshua says, be strong and courageous. Maybe you're in here today and you're thinking, man, there's, there's somebody in my life that I have tried to share the gospel with over and over, or somebody that I have felt the Lord prompting me to share my witness with, and I just haven't done so. Let me encourage you, be strong and courageous. Obey God's word and keep it in front of you. Stay familiar. Be confident that you know the voice of the shepherd. Be strong and courageous.
I invite you at this time to just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment as we, as we wrap up. And just let the Holy Spirit kind of <clears throat> speak into your heart right now or maybe help you identify um, those times in, in your life right now that are, that are troubling. And I'd like for you as, as you're listening carefully to the Holy Spirit, just to read verse 9 to you again. It says, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be discouraged or afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we're going to move into a time of, of invitation. And before the musicians begin to, to play, I want to explain to you what, um, what I'm inviting you to, if you will. See, I believe that in a room this size, there's probably someone in here that at this moment is realizing that they don't have uh, the, uh, the opportunity to lean into that strength or that boldness that the Lord promises because you don't have a relationship with God. You've never surrendered your life to Him. But the good news is this. The Bible promises is if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you surrender your heart to Him, you will be saved. And I can think of no greater day for you to make that decision it will take boldness and it will take courage, but it is so worth it to begin a walk with Christ, to have the assurance of your salvation, to know that, that your life will be spent honoring Him, but also that your eternity will be spent praising Him. You know, maybe there's someone in this room today that needs to repent of sin, needs to come to the altar and spend some time and get some things right with the Lord reconnect, recommit with him. Maybe you need to spend some time praying for others, or maybe your family is indeed facing a time of transition, and you'd like to come and spend some time with that. I want to give you this offer. Brother Thomas is going to be here at the front after I pray and say amen. He will be standing here ready to receive you. If you have discovered you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, today's no better day. If there's another decision you need to make, he will be glad to visit with you about that. So let me pray, and then our musicians will begin to play, and you respond as the Lord leads you in this moment. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the instruction that we have read this morning to be bold and courageous, to walk with you, to listen carefully to the instructions you give us, and to look forward to the fact that you'll be with us wherever we go. Lord, I pray that as you speak into people's hearts, as you prompt them to respond to your word, that they would be bold and courageous to be obedient to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.